With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Boy, did we have an interesting last few days. Yeah, we drove a C8 Corvette. Finally. Interesting story. This owner ordered it in mid-2019, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was the second order in Utah. Yep. But he just declined to order any of the carbon trim pieces, mm-hmm. any of the bits that you can order to upgrade your car and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So he was actually the first delivery because the other car was delayed due to all the carbon fiber mm-hmm. trim pieces that that owner had ordered. So he got the first delivery in Utah, yeah. and so he generously loaned us his car for two days, and we got it shot for season seven. So that includes yes. a comparison with the C7. Mm-hmm. It is indeed shot for season seven. Yeah, it was great. And, and actually, a lot of surprises with this car. We're not going to tell you. We're just flat out not going to tell you how it drives or how it compares <laughs> until you get to watch the content yes. that we've shot, which is yes. very fun. A lot of things I was surprised by that aren't any kind of spoiler. First off, it's the first time I'd seen the high wing which I really like. Yeah. And he has the yeah. high wing, which apparently is backordered until like the next century. He has the right, high wing right. on his car. So that was really cool and actually does help the look of the car. I, I wasn't sure about it. I photos, wasn't convinced either. And it yeah. really does look really cool. He also has an all black one, which is interesting to see the car in all one color. Cause you know, it's got the side blade and black, and right. everything. I mean, you can, you can right. opt to have it the same as a body color, but the side wing and the, and, uh, and the big wing at the back are black anyway. So mm-hmm. with the car black, it blends differently. It was very interesting to have it. Yeah. Changes the look of the car. Of course it changes in person from the photos as you of might imagine. Does, yeah. But yeah, we had the color discussion and he said when he was ordering, there was a limited palette available. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, more are, you know, we've heard some of our owners from the Corvette film have ordered a C8 themselves. Yeah, yeah. This, the 68 owner ordered a bronze C8 to match the bronze yeah. 68 yeah, yeah, car. Of course, of course he did, yeah. But, you know, he said, well, I'm going to have to be pushed to 2021 now mm-hmm. at this point and that kind of thing. So well, that was interesting. Thing, with is that this is one of the last cars made before the factory shut down for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's he's not even sure where does that place his car in the pantheon of how people view it because he has a very early car. So early, in fact, you and I talked about this. The reason we had a private owner car for the C8 is because Chevy told us because of factory closures, they didn't know when they were going to have press cars. Right. So right. we got – Alan was phenomenal. He was great. Thank you, man, for loaning us that car. Yeah. We had yeah. a private owner C7 as well. It made for a great piece that we will be putting out for Season 7, and we're also going to do a C8 capper because it needed to happen on the end of American Original, our Corvette yeah. film. So that will be on there as well. Yeah. So two different pieces out of one shoot, and we came up with a ton of stuff on a new road in gorgeous weather. We did. We did. So that means we've wrapped Season 7, so it's going to be five new episodes, mm-hmm. and that's just due to scheduling. We usually do six, maybe seven, depending depending on the season, but this season it is five, which means there'll be five new episodes. Those will repeat and some favorites from last season six. Mm-hmm. So yes, we have closed the shooting at least. So now Todd's into post-production and oh, yes. chances as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're continuing to fast blast. We're doubled up on press cars, which is great. And yeah. already our minds are headed towards season eight. If you can believe, believe it or not it. starting to book shoots now to be able to shoot them mm-hmm. for the remainder of 2020 and then go into early 2021. So yeah, those will play in the first quarter of 2021 and we haven't even gotten to july 4th which is the premiere of season seven so this is how our brains work we're way out ahead happy friday to you speaking of random things happening right now tomorrow saturday we are dropping on youtube our kia stinger versus bmw uh, 430 grand coupe Mm -hmm. from season three that is dropping on youtube it will not be a premiere but it will be a time-bombed episode that will launch it'll be 10 a.m our time so noon eastern and 9 a.m pacific that will launch on youtube tomorrow we'd love for you to watch it we'd love for you to to pass it on if you like it and if by the way random thing Mm. that you and i don't talk about a lot thank you to all of you that are subscribers on youtube yes absolutely do appreciate it many of you subscribed before youtube made the notification bell thing available yeah that feature didn't exist And we will admit that we have not been proactive about the bell but the truth is we may drop stuff you don't know about yeah. So if you can go back in and hit the notification bell, that will help us and help you to find the YouTube stuff because there's tons. We were talking just now that our calendar already has our calendar already has stuff planned for YouTube through September. And this is weekly content on YouTube while we do the TV stuff. So lots coming at you. Thank you for being with us. Uh, happy Friday. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. How's this sound driving the California coast in a replica Shelby Daytona coupe? 
That sounds good, huh? Yeah, I thought so. And here's your shot. DriveShare is the coolest online car sharing platform around, and it's giving you the chance to win this ultimate dream drive. All you have to do is tell them where your dream drive is, and you could win theirs. We're talking about California's Highway 1, Pacific Coast Highway. Enter today at driveshare.com slash dream drive. That's driveshare.com slash dream drive. Starting off with car debate number one is Patrick M. writing almost the three cars that we shot in the mid-engines and mountains Pretty film. Pretty close. Pretty this is close, his yeah. shopping criteria, interestingly. Mm-hmm. And so we've got that debate. And we also have, let's see here, we've got Walid Z looking mm-hmm. for a manual commuter. He's in Dallas. And he's got a family, growing family. And he's thinking about maybe trading in a particular car, but looking for a manual transmission commuter mm-hmm. with a, a good budget. A little bit tight, but a, a good budget. Work with it. Yeah, and, for sure. And uh, I've actually got some exciting thoughts for you, Walid. Look forward to that. All right. So jumping in here, we've got uh, the mid-engines and mountains. Patrick mm-hmm. is what I'm calling this. It's, <laughs> I like it. It's sort of like you chose all three of those cars as the mid-engine cars you're looking after yeah, for yeah. your next fun car. So Patrick's daily is a Tesla Model 3 all-wheel drive with acceleration boost. He says it's been great, but it lacks the spectacle and the emotion that a sports car has. Mm. Prior to the Model 3, he daily drove a C7 Grand Sport, which excellent. is the sweet spot for the C7. It's excellent. Yeah, it's great. And before that, a C5 Corvette, so he's been spoiled a bit. He is a Corvette guy. As a result, he's currently in the market for a weekend driver's car, and his general budget is healthy, thirty to $45,000. That's a okay. nice swap. That's very good, which means we're going to shop at $45,000 because it's us. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> What's interesting is the reason Paul said this is close to mid and mountains, if you haven't seen that feature film, it is. it was launched – to celebrate the return of Alfa Romeo really to the U.S. with their 4C. So we had the Alfa 4C, and we brought along a Lotus Elise and a Porsche Cayman, and we had that discussion. He is close to that, as Paul said, because his top three are the Alfa Romeo 4C, a Lotus Evora, not an Elise, and the Porsche Cayman. So he's very, very close because he really wants more usability than the Elise provides. And let's be honest, most things provide more opportunity than the Elise. I will say today, though, we got back from driving big horsepower cars yeah. in the Corvettes, and I hopped in the Elise to go run errands, took my son with me. We got nice. onto the freeway, and he says to me, I love this car, which was hysterical <laughs> because that was the thought floating through my brain at the same time, and I thought, well, clearly you're mine. So we were driving that car, and it was amazing. Perfect weather today. I drove it over here for the podcast. Yeah, and I just, yeah. I, this is what I hope for you guys. I hope you have a car that no matter what else you drive, when you get back in yours, you still like it. And right, I am amazed right. having driven these two Corvettes, both of which were very fun to drive on a great road. And that's – I mean this is our job. That's all we did for two days, OK? Which I but still to can't hop believe, yeah. in my Elise to go run errands and to think, I love this car was yeah. really – I just felt just blessed, honestly. It was really cool. That's cool. I love that bond that you guys have. You can just jump in the car and go and yep, he's yep, always yep. game. Yep. That's so funny. All right. Well – He's currently 28. Patrick's 28. He will likely be a father within a couple of years, so this next purchase will likely have to last him for quite a while. Okay. So he's looking for something that just brings a smile, as Todd says, to his face every time he's in it and doesn't become too much of a handful over the years. And what Patrick did was write to us for all three cars that he's considering, mm-hmm. his pros mm-hmm. and cons for each car and kind of why, where he's at yeah, on the list. Yeah, yeah. We don't know from your email, Patrick, if you've driven either any of these cars yet i've looked through things here and i've looked at your i, I get the sense that your he's, email i get the sense that he's driven the evora because he rented one and the other two he hasn't driven yeah uh, yeah it's interesting and that's the, that's he mentions the, sense a little, I get. the evora s potentially if he can afford one yes. if he can jump yes. into that all right so starting off with the lotus he says incredible addictive handling and yes that is what lotus does mm-hmm. totally better than Almost anybody. I hear you. Trust me. I am right there. I'm living that reality. Yes. He loves the styling. Two plus two gives it some added practicality. Mm-hmm. So if he ends up having kids and kind of does what you're doing, Todd, and you know mm-hmm. he likes the idea of having the car long term, driving them around, especially when they're younger, because that's when you know your, your memories are created. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Searing into yeah. their young minds. So he says it's generally pretty rare to see on the road. Yes, you really don't see him, honestly. Mm-hmm. And he says the Toyota drivetrain should be pretty reliable. It depends on the car that you get and the year that you get as well. Mm-hmm. So look into that. Yes, the Toyota engine, but the transmission on early cars, 
you said it had a few issues to watch well, out for. The problem is that the first couple of years, the clutch replacement can be quite pricey. But what's interesting is that he specifically, all three of these cars, by the way, he's not looking at stick shifts. So in the case of the Lotus, he's looking at the IPS, which is the automatic. Now, you may have noticed already that the Avora that we drove was driven by our friend of the show, Craig. Mm-hmm. And that was an S, mm-hmm. but it was yes. also the IPS. It was the automatic. And he actually took his daughter to school in it. <laughs> Yeah, in did. the backseat, his five-year-old daughter went to kindergarten in the backseat in her car seat. So a lot of what you're talking about is true. That IPS, that's the automatic version. It's not a dual clutch. It's just a straight-up automatic for the, the Lotus Evora. Do you know who sources, where, where they got that transmission from? I don't remember, though I think it is also Toyota. It is. That was I, my I'm question. Sure is it, it is. a Toyota product I'm pretty as well? sure it is. Okay. It is, honestly, and I, I mean this genuine, genuinely, it is fine. It is not a standout transmission. It's also not one that you drive and just get frustrated with. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it is very middle of the road. It just doesn't stick its head up to be noticed either way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. think you're going to be disappointed in the automatic there. The manual is better, let's be honest, but you're looking at automatics. So I don't think that's a strike against the Avora, but I also don't think it gains at any points. But you're right, Toyota drivetrain. With the automatic, though, you aren't worried about replacing clutches. I would stay away from the first couple years of the Avora if you can, but you really you want an S. I, I'm with you on that one. Yes, I did see this line here, Patrick. You did rent one, which I'm glad that you did. He says it's easy and comfortable to get around town in. The doors open normally. Yeah. It's not just some wild and crazy thing. It's got a crazy cool shape, mm-hmm. but otherwise it is usable. It's far easier to get in and I out agree. of than my Elise. My True. Elise well, is, I mean, which the Elise is much more like. Yours is at the I, bottom. I know. I'm aware. <laughs> There's not a harder to get into car. <laughs> Caterums, you can remove the steering wheel. It's <laughs> true. You climb in from the top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. But the, the Evora feels much more like a normal sports car as far as getting in and out. It's not an SUV. It still takes a little bit of effort, but it doesn't have crazy wide sills. It's kind of a yeah. normal get in and out yeah. car. Yeah. All right, so on the cons list, he feels like Lotuses have lots of electrical gremlins. He used to deal with those on his C5. He says, I don't want that again. I, I hear you. He says the naturally aspirated car isn't necessarily underpowered, but he does want the more power. And yes, we're recommending the Evora S if you can find one. Mm-hmm. Service options are a bit limited and can be expensive. I mean, you've had our local shop really kind of get used to working on yeah, it. and. Yeah. Being a Toyota engine part, you know. Totally. I, I think that's the thing. If you want to get Lotus terrible. service, like a Lotus service, that can be very difficult. There are two places I can go here in Salt Lake that I'm aware actually three that I'm aware of, that like say, hey, we specialize in Lotus. Okay. One is the Lotus slash Ferrari dealer. I'm not going there. Yay. One is a former tech from there that has his own shop at the racetrack, which is a little bit of a ways away. And another is another race prep place down in Salt Lake that I have used, our friend Cole at Life Motorsports. They do great work. They're yeah, also true. a little farther away. True. But what's interesting is we happen to have a mechanic here locally who they can do the basic, I don't know my car, and I, it, a light came on kind of maintenance for the average person. But they also are very enthusiast-friendly. Mm, yeah. And they encourage people that know and love their cars to come. And so they have tackled the Lotus, and while we're at it, the Phaeton, the Maserati. I mean, we bring them the crazy stuff. And they just dig in. There so, are some aspects of the Phaeton that they say, you're on your own. We're yes. not going to touch that. I don't well, care how much money you force at here, me. I'll tell that story real quick. There is another <laughs> Phaeton in town, and it's white. And I used to see it at this place before I even bought mine. And I thought, that's interesting. You're the counterfoil to that I am the one. counterfoil because apparently that one has myriad of gremlins. And is in far worse shape than mine, which is hysterical considering mine cost $5,000. Well, not anymore. But you know what I mean. Right. What's funny is... That one has had so many trunk problems with the crazy automatic trunk that our mechanic has now told them, please do not bring this car back for that issue anymore. And then a couple of the times when I brought them things and they're like, well, that's 20 hours worth of labor. They've said, we're not going to put 20 hours of labor into this car, even if you want to pay for it. And I've said, that's okay. I don't want to pay for it anyway. I love their boundaries, though. They do. Other shops would try to take it on and just try to muddle through. Well, and take, my, and take my money. They, they would, they would yes. take my money. And these yes. guys are honest enough to be like, you don't, you really don't want to do that, and we aren't going to do that. But so, to my point here is, if you can find somebody that is a performance garage, mm-hmm. I suspect they'd take your Lotus on and do a great job. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so on the Cayman, he says there's lots of Cayman examples in his price range. Yes, there are, but he's thinking the 2012 to 2016 Cayman S with the PDK, if he can find one, I think he will be able to. So that actually, well, that actually covers two generations, the tail end of the 987 there and the beginning of the 981 generation. So it really kind of depends on, you know, the price, what car you want, you know, miles, all that kind of stuff. 
On the pros list, you do say well-built, probably the most reliable of three. I would agree with that. Has the most storage space? Probably, yeah, true. Yeah. Of the three, of, of the between three, the yes. Evora and the 4C as your competitors, most storage space, yes. Yeah, true. He says generally well-regarded blend of handling power, yes. You do mm. need to drive one of these because the handling is best. Of all of these cars, the Lotus handling is the best. Here. I agree with that, yeah. So you're going to have to really weigh that against the other aspects here that you're doing so and say, all right, do I want some usability here? Because no back seats on this. Yep, you're right. Easy accessibility for older family members. Yeah, probably. It's also a very low car. Yeah, it's still not like, hey, jump in real quick. Yeah, yeah you yeah, have yeah. to, you know, kind of contort yourself a little bit. Not as much as a Lotus doing a Lotus dance. <laughs> not the, not, not the Lotus position. position. Yes, true. Great exhaust note. Yep, easy to maintain. There's Porsche dealerships, mechanics all over the place. I agree. Easiest car to daily. It's designed to do that. You mm-hmm. can daily these things. No problem. He says, that, I think they're stylish, but I don't lust after them. Interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. And they're fairly common where he lives and kind of blend in. And he's also worried about it being too refined and balanced and not enough fun. And by that, I think you mean raw and quirky and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. just because um, some personality in there. We've talked about this with Porsche's product line. Their stuff has gotten so refined that it's it's interesting. A lot of their cars, unless you drive them really hard, or unless you get the really crazy ones. They they don't have another sounds weird. They don't have enough quirks to really stand out in thirty mile an hour commute driving. It's a nice place to be, mm-hmm. but it doesn't say, "Hey, I'm a sports car." Isn't this fun? It's just nice place to be. And I and I don't really mean that as a slight, but here I am, a guy that I like the quirky. I want to be at fifteen miles an hour going. I can't believe this car moves. Oh my gosh, it feels great. And I mean, that's not what Porsche really builds anymore. It depends on the aspect of the car because sometimes it's like, ah, oh, that's so raw and unrefined, and the noise coming in, and it's then like, it's annoying. Yes, you know, there is the trade off. Like to For live with sure, that. there is. Versus yes. a modern, you know, mm-hmm. this feels more like a substantial car, that kind of thing. And then the last item here on the cons list is Patrick's worried about them being a little too high strung and gutless. For someone coming from the world of Teslas and Corvettes. He's worried about getting a base model and having to wind it way out to find Uh anything. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Which I suppose isn't an all bad thing because, you know, depends on where you're coming from. But you are coming from instant power. The Corvettes have a lot of power, but they make their power up high, even though they are very torquey. But how about a different car? That's not necessarily a bad thing from a driving experience, mm-hmm, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just different. It doesn't. We don't have to find a car that matches what you've already been in. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could buy a Lotus and a Phaeton. Those are very similar. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alfa Romeo 4C. You would be purchasing a coupe. Okay, all right. Interesting. Patrick loves the personality that the car has, which is, I, I agree. I, it is cool. It's like the mini Ferrari. There is that Absolutely it is, quirky yeah. little yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. thing going on. And he thinks it looks great in the flesh. It's not quite as photogenic as the Evora. Okay. All right. I, the Evora looks pretty good, but, you know. The, the 4C is great in person. Dated, but it look, the, the 4C looks fantastic in person. It really it does. does. A lot of presence. A fairly neat kind of car that likely won't really be made again. I agree with that. And some people look at that as a turnoff. Mm. That it's not going to be supported in the future. Yeah, but but a lot of the parts in there you're going to be able to get. I mean, except possibly body panels, it's going to be fairly straightforward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says punchy, visceral, engaging. The the most of all of the three of these cars, I just liken it to the chassis alone. I mean, the carbon tub mm-hmm. on that car is just it transmits everything from your driving experience into the car. When you want it, you have it. Mm-hmm. When you just want to cruise in the car you still get it. <laughs> That's true. Whether That's true. you want it or not. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It's much closer to the Elise in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, service not as ubiquitous as Porsche, but certainly more available than Lotus. Yep. Yep. I agree to that. And you're starting to caveat. He says, the the interior is nice for what it is. <laughs> yeah. <well>. True. <laughs> true. <laughs> sure. Well, and you compare it to my Elise, and it seems like a really nice cabin. But when you step up to both the Evora and, and the Cayman are both step-ups. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you're saying, well... On the cons list, the least practical, and he says, oh, he did drive the Alpha. That's great. Yeah. All right. So he found it a little tiring and nerve-wracking around town. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's just all the information all the time. It's on all the time. Yeah. When you back off and you want to cruise, you're still getting all the information. Yes, you are. Absolutely. Yep. High or low speed. He says the car has big blind spots. Lack of power steering makes parking lots tough. He would love an Elise. <laughs> Patrick yeah. would really be thrilled in an Elise. You, yeah. think, the, you think the Alpha stressed you out. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> he says, I like the, ca- the sounds this car makes stock, 
but he feels like the four cylinder won't match aftermarket Cayman or Evora exhausts. As a but hang on, as a commuter, you're going to get an aftermarket louder exhaust. Yeah, I don't understand that. I, I I'm going to caution you well, on it's aftermarket not, well, exhaust. It's not really a commuter necessarily. It's, it's his, more the fun. Okay, car. it the is. Tesla it is, is going to be his, fair. It is going to be his fun car. But I no, I just I I'm going to say it again. I have put aftermarket exhaust on many cars, mm-hmm. and I have regretted them all. Yeah. So be careful. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else? Let's see here. He, well, he he sums it up by saying that he thinks the Cayman is the safest bet, but it's the one that he is he is least drawn to. And I just want to jump off right there because he's just asking us: is which of these three cars do we recommend, and why? And is there something that we're forgetting, mm. or that he's forgetting that we can get him to to think at think about? And look, you would like to have that occasional usability of the car if you have kids, and can you put them in the back? That would be nice, but it's not required. You've got forty-five grand. I've got a couple that I want to mention as a as go drive. Okay, mm, and they're right around the top end of your budget. Okay, and then I want to talk about my favorites, and then I have a crazy wild card while we're here. Where oh, are you? Oh, good. Well, there is a car, Patrick, that I I think could be the the great in between of all of these cars. I guess it's one we recently drove, and as of this recording, it's just now going to go on sale. And it doesn't come with a manual transmission. Okay. You cannot buy it with one. I know where you're going. It is the Supra mm-hmm. 2.0. Mm-hmm. Comes with an automatic only. It's the same automatic in the 3.0. They bolt up this to the both different engines. And this car, if you watch our comparison to the 3.0, astounded both Todd and I. Because we kept coming back to the price. And we haven't revealed that quite yet. The embargo's not quite off as of this recording. But this Toyota is so good and fun and engaging to drive. Mm-hmm. And I look at it from a long-term standpoint because you're going to want some cargo space. You're going to want maybe a bit of a newer car to you know, last you longer, sure, the longer you sure, keep sure, yeah. it as far as you know, having something new and more modern, that kind of thing, modern amenities. The styling is going to be you know, on you. Totally. You either Absolutely. love it or hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But in that yellow, I am all about the 2.0 for you, honestly. I love all of these mid-engine cars. But from the driving perspective, keep in mind that Supra, the wheelbase, nearly identically mirrors the Cayman. Mm -hmm. It is a Mm -hmm. very short 97.2-inch wheelbase. Yeah, yeah. Cayman's 97.4. You can't even spot the difference. So this is a car designed to be a driver's car, Mm -hmm. and it's got a turbo on it, which... Changes the game. Yeah, makes it much more instant, which is what he's used to with the with the Tesla Model 3, let's be honest. Now, you give up the Evora back seats, but I don't know that that's really a big problem here. I don't know that mm-hmm. we really need to make that factor in as quite as much. Because this car, it's going to be new and modern and great for a lot of years. It is the automatic, but I think... Toyota has built the car for you in the Supra 2.0 with the automatic transmission. It's interesting because I had that on my list as well. Mm. I love that we both went, you know what? I think you at least need to go drive it, Patrick. Because Absolutely. It, look, it, it's front mid-engine. Does that get close? I mean, what you've picked it is, is three very exotic-looking mid-engine cars. And I love all three of the ones you've listed. And I want to talk about my favorite of those three in just a second. But the Supra is an interesting alt and I think while you're shopping, you should go drive one. And I think you should drive, look, you've got a $45,000 budget. That means you can't get the three liter. No. But we know, honestly, the list is long of people who said, this is my budget, and they found a car they loved that was more than the budget or twice the budget, and they bought it anyway. It happens so more often than you think. Go to, go to Toyota and drive both versions mm. and yeah. see what you think and, and have a real conversation about, does this interest me and meet my needs? I agree. The fact that he's not looking for a stick shift makes that car fully on the table. I, that just, yeah, the sweet spot. That is the sweet mm-hmm. spot because he's think, not looking for the manual. And and I think you know you may decide you'd rather the three liter with your background in Corvettes. You might decide the three liter is for you. There's a lot of power there. Yeah. They're even offering some zero percent financing on that car right now, which is nuts. Unbelievable. So there's good deals available. So I think look at that for sure and drive it. The other one I thought of that's also just above your budget. But I was thinking about back seats, usability, these kind of things. Now I am winding up in a manual here, which may kill it. Mm. So it's kind of wild card territory. But the BMW 1M. Oh, delish. Because you could have that for a long time as your fun car, and it's going to maintain its value and be usable and fun and has turbo punch and all of the above. 
So I thought about the 1M. That is delicious. I want to talk about my favorite of your three, and I also have another wild card while we're at it. The favorite for me of your three is the Cayman. You might have seen that coming. I don't love the Alpha in a... The harder you push it for me, the worse it gets. I had it on track. I agree. We had it on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at seven, eight tenths, it's delightful. If you want anything more out of the car than that, and you're not willing to spend money on it to fix the problem... <laughs> I didn't love it. It's unpredictable, which is the worst thing I can say about a car at track limits, is unpredictability is not good. Versus a Cayman is predictable. Absolutely it is, yes. I would almost go after the Cayman R, because you said 2012. It's 10 grand more than your budget. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, unfortunately. that car, that's special. There really won't be another Cayman with the raw feeling of the Cayman R. And that's 2011, 2012, I believe, for, for the Cayman R's. I've seen them as low as 55. It depends on the mileage and the year and that kind of thing. But they get tracked, they get beat on, and they're mm-hmm. fine. And they're just, they have a buzz to them. Yeah. It is yeah, yeah. really the Cayman raw. Cayman R's are really cool. Yeah. The Evora, uh, it's just, the ones you're looking at are, are older now. And I just, I love them, but. I love the Avora. I'd rather have a GT or a 410 or 400 sure, or something like sure. that. Sure, yes, I would too. Yeah. I'd prefer it in that mm-hmm. range personally because yeah. the engineering change yeah. got better for me. The build quality got better, mm-hmm. and therefore the car drove better in my opinion. The, yeah, the gearbox changed, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would prefer those, but those are, of course, out of your range. So the older Avoras, yeah, it, I'm, I'm not fully all there, even though I do like them. Mm. Uh, on the older cars, I'm not all there, but uh, I'm I'm looking at the Supra squarely for you, Patrick. Okay, well, I'm going to mention my other wild card real quick because it's not as engaging as these, but it may be the better fun car slash use it to pick up the kids now and then. That's the Aston Martin V8 Vantage. Oh wow, <laughs> special, interesting, very fun car. But you're sure. moving away from the focus drivers cars here. It's why it's in my kind of wild card territory. But I know no one's going to be surprised by this. But my favorite for you is the Evora. Mm, okay. Not just because I like Lotus. Here's why. It actually is the experience that we took away from driving Craig's automatic S, yeah. Evora, that yeah. he commuted his daughter to school in, and then he went on in Silicon Valley and stop and go in that car and commuted for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. So it was incredibly reliable for him. He also tracked it occasionally. But it was it was the school bus. He took his five year old daughter to kindergarten. Her entire no. kindergarten and most of first grade, he was just that was his daily. So if <laughs> I five year old getting out of the Evora, I love it so much. I like it so much. And, and still, her... hat tip going on. Yeah. You still again, Craig. Yeah. Watch our piece on that car. That car was great. And while I I agree with you, Paul, I would rather have a four hundred or a GT, which are the updated versions. Mm-hmm. I can't take anything away from the from the first Evora. And I think it is a car that has as by car journalists at large been overlooked mm. because it's much better than it was given credit for. Okay. And I okay. think once they got to 400 and GT and they refined it more, be, it became the oddball. Watch some of the places it's been compared in the last few years. It's become enough of an oddball that car journalists have noticed it again. Oh, sure. Okay. But something okay. about when it came out, the original Evora came out, it just kind of got overlooked. It's like, yeah, Lotus for another car. It's just not that competitive. And it's really good. You like it the best styling-wise. It has the back seats. It isn't a car you're going to see regularly. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. don't think you're going to have reliability problems. Look, I'm not saying it's going to be without issue, okay? But let me say, look, I'm going to be kind of mean for a second. You're worried about gremlins? Mm. You have a Tesla Model 3. <laughs> Teslas have gremlins. Now, I'm not saying they don't get fixed, but they have gremlins. They do. They're they do. known for gremlins. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. I think that the Lotus is going to be great for you in all the ways you want it to be, and it's going to be special enough. The Alpha 4C is special, but probably too raw for your needs. The Cayman is dead reliable and good, but I don't know that it's going to excite you as much as you're hoping for when you go and do mundane things. Okay. So this is why I land squarely on the Evora, not because I'm a Lotus guy, but because I actually think of your three, it's the best. Oh, all right. So you've got a, well, you've got some driving to do, but you've yes, got a decision do. to make here. If you're wondering why we have not suggested the M2, it's because long term, I don't think it's special enough. I love the M2. Yeah, I agree with that. But I don't know that it's special enough. The 1M certainly is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you're there. that's a 2011 car. Yes. Okay. So, and you know, it's, it's a stick shift. So I, he may, may take him right out of that. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. And, you know, the ones we suggested, but I. Mm, I'm Cayman and Supra in there, and you're Avora. And I, uh, I see the Supra. I do. You need to drive it, Patrick. Yeah, for sure. you do. Yeah, you do.
Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I, I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Waleed wrote to us he wants a manual commute car, mm. but I'm looking at his whole story, and I've got questions. Okay. <laughs> Okay, not enough information, you mean? Well, I, I, there's there's cars that have worked their way into his life that I don't understand where they've gone. So here's my, here, are my, here are my questions. Thanks for following in, uh, writing in and following up with us about all the things that we do in the different places that you're engaging with us. Thank you for all of that. We're glad you found the podcast. Two years ago, you and your family moved to Dallas mm-hmm. from New York City. Yes. And the trade-off was you were willing to go – you're going to be near your mother-in-law, which I understand my mother-in-law lives near me. There is a sacrifice involved. <laughs> but you said you're willing to go as long as your wife agreed you could get whatever cars you wanted. Wow. So this was the trade-off. Wow. So you went from having one car in New York City, to which is a 2009 Acura RDX. So you got down to Dallas, and you bought yourself a 2014 Audi Q5 for commuting to work. And last year, you said you needed a fun car, so you bought an Audi TT, and you promptly gave it a Stage 2 APR tune. Okay. It's very difficult on the web, by the way, to mention anything Volkswagen and not follow it with, and then I went to APR. <laughs> they, they almost need to absorb them like Mercedes did with it AMG. It should be a, a tuning division. Seriously, then. seriously. So you have interesting. the TT and the Q5, and then your wife has the RDX, and then recently you feel the transmission slipping on the Q5. <laughs> So you said, okay. So a couple of weeks ago, you traded it in before it exploded, I guess, and you got a forerunner with three rows that your wife now drives and loves. That's great. Which means you have the RDX for your commute of 45 miles. It doesn't get good gas mileage. So you're thinking, what I need is a more fun commuter, and while we're at it, let's make it manual. <laughs> well, I, I'm – yeah, I've got some questions too because – the TT seems like it stays. Nowhere does Wally say that he's willing to sell it and get something Agreed. else. Agreed. Agreed. And that's because, actually one of my, that's my major question is what's, where's the TT in all of this? Right. Because you could commute in that TT. Agreed. That's right could there. You not? You've landed on my question. Could, could you take the TT? Just, and, just commute in the TT. <laughs> if you love it. Uh-huh. And you've got the stage two, mm-hmm. and that means it's got power. And yes, I believe it's manual. We he, Wally doesn't I, say. I but, actually, I'll, I'll flip it the other way. I doubt it's manual. Well, whether it is or not, he's got this cool car. Yes, that he likes fast. That's bound to get better than seventeen miles mm. to the gallon, which is the thing he doesn't like about the RDX. Mm. Why on earth does a TT get mentioned and then vanish into the ether? Commute in the TT. That's a good point. Commute in the TT, and then. Save your money for tires, or, well, there's some other things going on here. Wally, there's some other thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now, he wants this commute to be fun. Yeah, I see it. And he's got, well, a, a mix of roads, it seems like, which is good. So, uh, but Dallas is not exactly back road central. It, yeah. It's not. It's not. But what he needs, he occasionally picks up his girls from daycare. Mm-hmm. So they're two and four. Growing family. Congratulations, Wally. So he says he could get rid of the RDX altogether if he can find something with four doors and a back seat, which okay. the TT does not have. So that's agreed. the fun agreed. car and then yes. the commuter. So that would equal three. Forerunner, TT, commuter, whatever yes. we decide. Yes. But what if that TT went away? Yes. <clears throat> now, now you have worked your way to exactly <laughs> where I was, which is why. And I don't look. I'm glad you like it, Wally. But why is it staying? I agree. Well, we don't know what kind of track work he does, if he autocrosses or tracks, or if it's but, just but fun I would, car to I would have. think that would have been mentioned. I think you, yeah. you're talking here about this fun commuter that you want to be manual and four doors, backseat, or whatever. Your budget is maybe ten grand on the high side. My question is, what if the TT went away? What are you working with? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, the TT just vanishes in this conversation, and, it, and I don't see a clear use for it. Yeah. So I find myself asking two questions of what's up with the TT? Why can't you use it more? And 
What if it went away? I agree with both of those. I mean, I've talked about this, staying to your rules and assuming it stays around and staying to your budget. I have answers for all of that. But I really want to challenge you, Wally, for what's up with the TT. Mm-hmm. All right. So if the TT stays and the RDX goes away and you need that four-seat manual commuter, he says, the first of all, the budget is uh, – what is the budget here? Ten grand at the most. Ten grand at the most. That's right. All right. So if it's ten grand at the most, that, that limits you, I think, in terms of fun. Yes. But if the RDX goes, suddenly we can double that money. Can we not? Well, the RDX is going to go, theoretically. Right. That's what I'm and, saying. Yeah, the RDX is going to go theoretically. And if we sell the TT, what happens? I'm sorry. Well, I'm not I, there yet. I know. I'm not, I know we're I'm not, not there selling yet. the TT yet. That okay, is coming. Fair. Good, good. But if we just stay, we're talking maybe twenty grand. How about as much Mini Cooper as you can buy for that mm, kind of that's money? That's good. That's Four good. Four seat, yeah. manual, yeah. fun. You can get, hopefully, a JCW and you know have some fun with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small. That's good. I like tight. that. That's very good. But then if we're kind of going that direction... And you could plunk down a down payment, which reduces your down payment or your monthly payment. I like it. I see where you're going. Yep. The Hyundai Veloster Inn is a compelling choice. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. For those of you playing along at home, Paul just quite masterfully, if I may add, took a $10,000 budget and quickly doubled it to get Wally into a car that we love, the Veloster Inn. With maybe some car payments on the side. I, I am laughing at this. But you know what? To your defense... It's happened as recently as like last week. We get the email where it's person like, hey, guys, I want to let you know what I bought. I told you I had this much budget, and I yeah. promptly spent twice as much. So yeah. I know I know why you do it, and I love that you do it. But, yeah, we're now at twice the budget. This is why I have to leave that door open uh-huh. for the possibilities yeah. of, guys, guess what I did and sheepishly over writing and to over us. over it happens, yes. So at that level, and that is if you keep the TT. <laughs> but, Wally, if you have the Hyundai Veloster N – and it's turbocharged, I'm willing to bet the Hyundai Veloster N has more horsepower than your APR-tuned 2008 TT. There's a good chance it's more fun, too. And there's every chance it's yeah. more fun. Yeah. But if we're saying, all right, we're at Hyundai Veloster N and the TT, now we can sell the TT and get maybe another ten grand. Forget the Veloster N. We're moving on. We're moving on up. <laughs> <laughs> Why stop at twenty grand when we could use more? Because at that price, I was also thinking like Honda Civic Si. There's plenty of space, and you know they're twenty five grand and great. But if we're talking Honda Civic Si, let's talk Honda Civic Type R. <laughs> Instantly, Wally, you're the coolest dad ever. Instant, instantly. <laughs> Those are a little bit more, but you know they've got the volume more. knob on the new ones now. Thank God for the volume knob, yes. They're just – it's a mix between, holy cow, I haven't left my childhood behind, and wow, is this a capable commuter. And the reason I suggest it, Wally, is because of that suspension. Mm-hmm. If you're on the freeway, it's not going to beat you up. You yeah. can put it in yeah. comfort mode, and it's going to shock you how comfortable it is. And you're going to think, this is a performance car, and then it's got power. You dip your toe, and you're just – you're shot out of a cannon in that car. But then when you do want to get after it and you switch it over to sport, ooh, it comes alive. You're going <laughs> you're going to seriously question, now is this just front wheel drive? Did, is, are we sure it's not all wheel drive? This and your, is only front, right? Your next question is going to be, how old am I? How old totally. am I really? Yeah, it's going to be great. But that suspension on that Civic Type R is the reason I keep coming back to that as a commuter for adults. Yeah, I, I hear you. It's astounding. Yeah, it's very fun. But if we're at Civic Type R money. <laughs> Why stop there when Why we can go there? higher? That's very funny. You know, there is a, another cool car. We actually just mentioned it. BMW M2. Yeah. Used ones are now in the $40,000 range. <laughs> they've dropped enough. We've started with a $10,000 budget, and you've got them in a $45,000 car. That may be a record. <laughs> that really might be a record. You've quadrupled the budget. <laughs> But that is if the RDX goes, you add a little bit of cash to the the honeypot there, and the TT goes as well. (laughs) We scrape it all together. And then, you know, a bit of a down payment, the monthly payment. But your enjoyment is what I'm most concerned about, Wally. (laughs) I I love this. This is super fun. Uh, Wally, look, I'm going to try really hard to adhere to the rules. Unlike my co-host Paul, hey, who I, 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 I appreciate, I appreciate how you got there. For fifteen, I still have to ask you again: What on earth is the TT doing? 
What's it doing in your life in this equation? Mm-hmm. Because you don't see anything about it other than the fact that you have it. There's, there's no mention. It's not even like you mentioned that you have it and you got it tuned and it's amazing and I must always have this car. I mean, you say it's, it's a blast to drive and it's got sure. good handling. I get it. But, but I don't get the sense that you drive it very much. It's a 2008 also, by the way. It's yeah. not like you bought a brand new TT. This is an older car yeah. with a tune. I kind of feel like it's a country. It's a car with no country. It, it doesn't have a, a good purpose here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it. It's staying in the garage right now. Okay. Until we finish. You have your wife's forerunner. You have your Tune TT. You have your RDX. Yes. That exists. I'm going to assume all of those are staying for the, for the moment. Whoa. Because you say you could, you, if you get a four-door backseat, you could get rid of the RDX, which suggests if you don't get that, you could keep it. So I'm assuming the okay. RDX stays, and here's why I'm saying that. The RDX stays for the days that you know. Look, all couples communicate like this. Can you pick up the girls today? Yeah. Okay, I'll take the RDX. Your problem with it is the fact that you want a more fun car for most of your commute days, but what if a couple of days a week you took the RDX? Okay. Sure. Then we can get you a two-seat commuter. You see where I went. Which he already owns. What, which you could, the TT could do, and we could get rid of the TT. Trust me. So you're I, saying spend no money and just no, you know, no, go no. to dinner with your wife? I'm just, <laughs> which she would appreciate, <laughs> let's be honest. But straight commuting with a manual transmission with 10 grand to spend. I've got two very different mm. Honda CRZ. Oh, cool. Fantastic yeah. gas mileage, yeah, yeah, yeah. surprisingly fun to drive, a manual transmission commute car with great gas mileage and a little bit of quirk, fantastic Honda gearbox. Honda CRZ is a manual commuter car that you would thoroughly enjoy. For 10 grand, you can just go get them. They're less than 10 grand. Yes, I know. Depending on the car and the mileage. You can get one a couple years old. I'm talking like a oh, 2016, yeah. 2017. For ten grand, they've plummeted in yes. price. So Honda CRZ. If we want to go even more toward fun, to the fun level that I think you're going to go, why is the TT here? <laughs> Mazda what... Speed Miata. Okay, okay. Get one of those for ten grand. Those are cheap. Yes, commute they are. when you have the rare day in Dallas that it's nice, but not a hundred. You can put the top down. Okay, but what days are those? Are they count them on one there's, hand? There's one days? in the spring and there's one in the fall. They happen. Okay, there's two. Yeah, there's at least two good days. Awesome. Yeah, uh, it's it's almost as difficult to own a convertible in Dallas as it is in London. It's almost as difficult for different reasons. Really? Anyway, uh. no. But the Mazda Speed Miata would be a great one for ten grand. But then I went, okay, okay. Let me completely adhere to the rules. Okay, ten grand. It has to do the kid pickup thing. Yeah. So four doors, four seats, fun manual transmission. I've got to go to the two obvious places for this podcast, Fiesta ST okay, and 500 Abart. 500 Abart interests me more than the Fiesta ST for Wally. I, I think that- Because he's five, got three other cars. Yes, and the 500 Abart is a little more usable. It's a little less like, I, I went low rent, but man, is this fun, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. the best thing about the Fiesta ST, honestly. Chirp it in each gear. Yeah, the Fiesta ST Wally. is crazy fun, and you would love it. And we know many people that own them and commute in them and hoon them and track them, all of the above is possible. So the Fiesta ST's got to be on the list. 500 Abart is also a really good one. I've adhered to your rules, but I'm going to say it one more time, and then I'm going to leave you alone. What's up with the TT? <laughs> Wally, please write to us. And if you're listening, you've got a story like Wally's or a Topic Tuesday or a car, car conclusion, TV at gmail.com. Or you can find us on the website, top right corner under the About tab is the Contact button, and many of you do. Yep, it's great. Thank you so much. Yes, please keep sending your debates. And honestly, I, I'm out there, Wally. But I'm not too out there. <laughs> Based on the feedback we receive, I'm not off my rocker. I'm not. It seems like it, but I do. It look, seems I'm like I'm the emails, out in outer space. I see the emails just like you do but where I'm people not. throw out what they told us when they go shopping. It does happen for sure. We're longtime users and big believers in Griot's Garage car care products. That's because while many other brands are just rebranded versions of the same few products, Griot's Garage has developed, manufactured, and bottled bespoke car care products since 1990. Griot's is a family company based in Washington State, still dedicated to having the best products for every car and budget. In fact, I learned all my certified Paul-owned car care styles from Griot's. And now you can tune up your car care routine. What you need is a foam cannon. Create a high foam blizzard right in your driveway. Foaming requires little to no work and avoids wash-induced scratches. It's the safest way and super fast and cool to wash your car. Try the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what foaming is all about. I'll tell you right now, it's made cleaning faster. 
Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed and all liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EVERYDAY for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Moving to social media questions. Scott Berger says, what are our thoughts on putting very sticky tires like Michelin PS4s on mm, an economy mm. car? Do we think other performance parts are needed for the whole package to work? Parentheses, I'm buying a fully electric Nero and it comes with awful eco tires. Mm. Going that far, I think you're wasting your money because mm. the car, to your point, isn't set up to take advantage of those tires. Mm-hmm. But the eco tires are too far the other way. I agree. But they're low rolling resistance and that's how the manufacturers attain the EPA numbers that they yeah, post. Sure, that's how they sell sure. the car. But I do like getting something better than the eco. But again, I think if you get PS4s for the car... A, can you get them in the size without mm-hmm. buying new wheels? Mm, excellent question, yeah. And B, I think you're going to be wasting your money because, again, the car is not set up to take advantage of how good those tires are. You're going to you're going to lose some range, some electric range. First off, keep that in mind. Yes. You're bound to lose yes. some electric range. I will say this. We have a friend, Greg, who has a minivan for the family. He is a track rat. Please understand yes. that about Greg. He's the yes. guy that got us into the spec racer Fords. He has yes. raced for years. He is a track rat friend. He is a driver. He has a WRX that is is like coming apart. He's tracked it so much. Yes, and it's pretty much caged and ready for anything, and it's still coming apart. The roof is crinkled from tracking the car. (laughs) Let's put it that way. So he has the family minivan, and he got so annoyed with the dynamics that he put Michelin, I think it was Pilot Sport 2s on it. Okay, yeah, right. (laughs) And he said, finally, I'm okay driving this thing. So my point here, Scott, is you could go this far, and I think you would enjoy the car more. But to Paul's point, I don't think you need to go this far to feel like you made a good improvement. Mm -hmm. So what about some AS3s? Yeah, I was going to say Yokohama, Conti's. The the Michelin AS3s is a really good all-season quasi-performance tire from Michelin. I mean, honestly, that's a solid contender here. I think you would lose a little bit less of the range because you're going to lose range. I think you'd lose less range. That sounds weird. Going to a mid-grade than all the way to the end. But, okay, I see where you are. While we're talking about tracking and daily cars, Thomas Downey on Facebook said, can you track your daily driver? First off, Thomas, look through the back catalog of our podcast. We have one called Driving Your Paycheck where we talk about this. He has one car. He has a FRS that he loves. And he says in here, I want to do a track day. I'm worried I'm going to wreck it or break something. Thomas, two thoughts here. First off, if you're going to be back to our friend Greg, if you're going to be somebody that goes to the track all the time, get yourself a track car. Mm. But you're talking about wanting to try it. Oh, sure. I want to do a track day. Right. Right. Thomas, there is – look. This is not foolproof. You can go to our friends Haggerty. You can get yourself track day insurance to defend yourself, and I highly recommend it. Paul and I both do. Indeed, we do. Phenomenal system there, and it works great. Haggerty folks are great. But here's the thing. The chances of you wrecking your car on your first ever track day are slim. Not impossible, but slim. I agree. The chances of you blowing through your tires and your brakes and all of that in your first ever track day, also slim. Yep. Yep. Because the car doesn't weigh enough, most people doing their first track day aren't going to brake hard enough, and you're probably not going to spend much time at the edges of your car's capability anyway. Right. The occasional person does, but by and large, you're going to be well within the limits of your car and thrill yourself and have plenty of capability to drive home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The chances of you wrecking it are even more slim beyond that. Now, there are no guarantees, of course. I, I encourage you right now, since you haven't done a track day, go do one in your car and just enjoy it. Mm. Give yourself the freedom to go drive the car, have fun, get instructors in with you. Please take that opportunity and see what you think. Then you can have larger conversations about what do I do to this car. Cool. All right. Well, our friends Mark and Jack at Savage Geese have asked on Instagram, why does the C8 look like a Chinese knockoff supercar? (laughs) Wow. Ouch. And you have an answer. Well, uh, first of all, I haven't seen any supercars uh, being introduced in China or coming out of China, <laughs> first of all. So I, I understand from a stylistic perspective, you're, you're talking about taking various elements off cars and making a new car using these elements. This has happened for years mm-hmm, and years. Mm-hmm, yeah. You look at the intakes on the Panamera. That's nothing new. They just sort of kind of use it in their new way. But that you know scallop shape at the front you know, 
right behind the front wheel, right at the front edge of the door, right yeah, there. Yeah. C7 Corvette has it. Panameras, they're all over other cars. Sure. Car designers are constantly looking at every other car on the planet and going, hmm, that's a cool shape. I wonder how I could interpret it, you know, interpret mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. use it on whatever I'm doing, what my project is. Yeah. So that has happened forever. You could argue that Broncos look like, you know, Ram Chargers look like Discoveries, look like Volvos, look like Lincolns, look like, yeah. Yeah. You know, we can say, oh, well, you got that from such and such car. Well, they got it from somebody else. The trick is to make it really appear, if you look closely, to the heritage of that car and that car company. And so while you could argue on the Corvette that it looks like between a McLaren GT and an Acura NSX and it's got flavor of, you know, some, mm-hmm. you know, other supercars, name a long yeah. list. Got a bit of anime to it. Yeah, for sure. You look at those lines on the car. And after we drove the C8, I told the guys, I said, I'm seeing lines I've never seen before in this car in person. Yes, that's true. That actually that's make it true. better. And you, you think about, you know, we talked about various generations of the Corvette in our review and comparing mm-hmm. them to yep. the C8 styling. And you can pull those shapes out of there. So even though they might relate to some other supercar, Corvette still did it first. And I will say the Corvette is still not without its problems. I still don't like the back end. The all sure, black helped sure. car. I still don't like the yeah. back end. And isn't this an all new design team from the six and seven generations? Uh, not sure necessarily. It is. Not really? necessarily. I yeah, Tom Peters new... was still a part of the design team. Okay, I thought it was a new designer, but it, there is a lot of anime and Asian look about it. I will give it that that response for sure. I see your NSX thing definitely plays out in sure. the Corvette. Sure, but it looks menacing on the road. It does. And uh, it does. honestly, I'm trying to think if we've had a car that has had more questions and looks than this one. We had a guy, honestly, when we drove <laughs> oh, yeah. the C8, we drove, we were parked on the side of the road as we are when we're shooting things. And someone drove by and the sound of their voice, I <laughs> thought it was a young teenage girl yelling about the car. I did too. And I looked really surprised to see it was a full-grown man yeah. hollering, I swear to you, imagine that incredible breaks glass, high-pitched, this is the person I'm magically in love with, that teenage girls can hit. That note. It was Coming high. out of a full-grown man. And we all were like, well, that was weird. And then later, combined with a Doppler effect as he drove Yes. Drove later, past. we drove by him parked on the side of the road, and he jumped up and down. I'm not kidding. He jumped up and down as the car went by, and then he chased us to our next stop and got out and kind of lost his mind. This is the most extreme of something that happened, yeah. I swear to you, every time we stopped for gas, every time we drove by a group. That car gets notice, which – it Love does. it or hate it styling, it is – and it's a moment in time. I mean, four years from now, people will have seen them. Mm-hmm. Yep. We were a spaceship. It was crazy. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. And until he chased us down, I thought he was just being ironic. I thought he was just being a caricature of himself yeah. and just jumping up and down. Oh, because, you know, and just sort of – Those guys are driving a sports car. I yeah. should make fun of them. I and won, then yeah. when he chased us up the oh, road yes. with his whole family in tow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they they're getting out like, out. now, what are we doing here? Why are you dragging they us up the road here? It was, it was crazy Unreal. to see. Unreal. Dammy asks a funny question. He says he really hopes that I will get a Lotus Evora someday. We talked about an Evora <laughs> on this podcast. Dammy, I want one too. He's asking about the chances. It really comes down to time frame and money. I still do love the Elise. Does the Elise stay? Does it go? I don't know. Because, again, I've talked about that. feels like a forever car to me. Yeah. But uh, as we talk about on the show, there are new experiences out there. I would really like an Evora. My wife said to me recently, she's like, I do love that Elise. But I think I'm ready for something a little bit nicer. So, so which is as you said earlier, Paul, pretty much anything else we could pick. So I hope the Avora happens. He's also asking you if you're ever going to actually break down and get yourself a 911. I want a 911, but you know what I did today? I spec'd out a 718 Cayman GT4. Of course you did, and I think I want it more. Of course you do. The I, Cayman is a fantastic. It's the it's the superior chassis. Form. It's the superior chassis. It is. I yeah. I'm looking at GT4s. Not that I can afford them anyway. So M. Pekovsky on Instagram asks: Since the mid-engine layouts are becoming more favorable for performance, talking about the C8, do we think BMW should bring back the M1 to compete in this market? Hmm. Well, they had the i8, just you know, for a few years here. Yeah, it's supposed to come back. A little more aggressive. We'll see. I'm wondering if that is kind of the the solve here. I would love it for the M1 to come back in any form. I love that car. A friend of mine in, gosh, junior high school had one on his wall. And it was just a huge poster. And I went, what? They used the BMW logo twice on the back. How can they do that? (laughs) Somebody looked at it and went, that doesn't look symmetrical. Let's put another one on the other side. (laughs) The Germans, that doesn't look symmetrical. Let's put another one. (laughs) 
I just I fell in love with that car. Never driven one. I'm sure it's slow and janky by today's standards. I'm sure a new Camry will smash it into the earth properly. I don't care. I don't care. I just I love that thing. So I think BMW's direction is going to be more hybrid and electric and battery, you know, full mm-hmm. battery electric, to be honest. And they might bring that i8 back in some iteration, but if they brought the M1, yes, we love the mid-engine handling. And that includes front mid-engine. You heard us talking about the Super mm. 2.0. Mm. By cutting the two cylinders off, that has indeed positioned the engine fully behind the front axle. Look at We talk about so it, it in the video a, of the two Supers. Yes. We show it, yeah. It has a different rotational characteristic than the 3.0, just so you know. Nitsua asked an interesting question. He said, how critical is all-wheel drive for handling in family haulers like the CX-9 in places where all-wheel drive isn't needed? Now, first off, we would argue with you how often all-wheel drive is even needed Mm, because tires, 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 tires. If you haven't heard me say it before, tires. However, on these family haulers, in general, you're talking about a front-wheel drive architecture that has been given all-wheel drive, which means that all-wheel drive engages when necessary, which in my experience typically means later than you hope it would. Mm, you yes, know, Because yes. it has to realize, oh, wait, there's slip and you need grip, and so maybe I should send some power to the, all right, turn on the switch with the, just always <laughs> takes longer. Push the button that does the. Unless you have something like uh, Acura Super Handling All-Wheel Drive that is torque vectoring all the time, yeah, yeah, which is a rarity in the market, if you've got a traditional all-wheel drive system, I think it really is irrelevant unless you feel like you need it. You're not going to feel – back to your question. It's not going to decrease the handling mm. because you got the front-wheel drive version. I don't think you're ever going to hoon your family hauler to the extent you're going to be like, yeah – should have had the all-wheel drive. Unless there's that rear torque vectoring. That's the only exception. EWH105 asks, what other car we would like to see mid-engined? Well, this car is already mid-engined. I'd like to see it come back and replace the FRS, the Toyota 86. I want the MR2 to come back. Yeah. Because we've got the Super now. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need the 86 anymore. Let that I just kind of fall off the I face disagree. of the planet and bring the MR2 back. I say let's have them both. Super duper cool. I say we have them both. We have a Supra versus 86, two liter Supra versus 86 episode coming in season seven. I'm very excited for you guys to see that. Paul and I have not disagreed this much in a while. <laughs> it's going to be there interesting. There is a wild amount of disagreement in that but episode. But also what I think that we're making the case to back up our disagreement. Absolutely. So we're, we're building our cases. Mm-hmm. And so it leaves to the audience to, okay, you know, I think we're both going to bring good points. We, we that do. You and I would no, also acknowledge. Totally and be like, agree. You're right. It, it comes back to the core of this show, which is I've always wanted you, the audience, to, p- to play favorites. I don't mean that to sound weird, but just you go, you know what? I always agree with Paul. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I, Todd, don't agree with Paul, you're like, I don't care what Todd thinks. And vice versa. <laughs> I really, I, honestly, that's what I, what I have always wanted for this show is if, if we both like something, I'll tell you something. If we both like something, it's because it's good. Oh, right, if we disagree right. on something, it's by, by the way, it's because it's good and not because the manufacturer wrote a check. That has never happened. Yeah, that has never happened. But if we disagree, I want that to align with which one of us you align with, where you're like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. The guys didn't agree, and I always align with that one, so that's a takeaway for me. Because I find personally, I find that helpful when I can yeah. find those touch points. And so yeah. this is going to be a very interesting episode in that regard. Speaking of things that we bo- both don't agree on or don't do, um, open mic night. This is not going to go where people expect. Track Daily Crush. Mm. The new NSX, the Ford GT, and the Lotus Evora GT. Track Daily Crush. Oh. Oh. Now, I want, I'll tell you right now, the top of my personal want list for cars I could possibly afford is the Lotus Evora GT. I'm just going to put that out there. If I like That's the cars, car. the cars uh. that are just beyond my reach that I wish I could have one Lotus Evora GT. I that's a car I feel like I would buy and I would just be like, I'm good, I'm I'm good. Mm. So know that when I say this. In this discussion, I still think it's the one that gets crushed. What? Because what? if you're going to have a track car, it's the Ford GT. Indeed. And if you're going to daily something, the NSX is going to be the better daily just commute car. The GT is brilliant, though. The GT is brilliant. See, this is what I'm saying. This is why I didn't go where you expected. Wow. Because I recognize the strengths of the other two cars. You want to be the big dog in the Ford GT at the track. Yeah. Okay. And you want to commute in all weather, all the time, in luxury, in the NSX. 
And so unfortunately, that leaves with my three options, the car I love the most of these three in the crusher. Holy cow. Well, then I'm going to go a place where you didn't expect, (laughs) and that is I'm going to resurrect that car out of the crusher. I agree. Four GT on track. I want to drive that Evora GT. I want an Evora GT as well. It is a brilliant car. I'll take a 400, a 410, the 430. The GT is now the pinnacle, apparently. (laughs) It is, I'll take the Evora GT, yes. Because I feel like the NSX, in comparison to these two cars, is going to feel like an Accord. I hate to say it. I agree with that. It's going to feel plushy and spongy, and it's not. I agree. I fully agree. And this, I will okay. daily the Avora See, GT. I'll I think, take the Lotus. When I think daily, yes. I think stopped on the 405 for the next half hour. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm just, you know what? Oh, I'll wow. sit in the SX. I know. We're all shocked. Wow. All right. Let's see here. Uh, oh, there was a question. Ryan Verputin asks, how, how do we go about drive homework? Before being ready to purchase a car, mm, mm. early 2000s cars are typically too old for Turo. Indeed, they are. Doesn't want to look at cars on Craigslist knowing that you're wasting the owner's time. I've got a suggestion for you, and it has to do with forums, Ryan. But I want to direct you to our friend Adam at Avance.com. He started a car club, really, for the in, the entire point is you meet another owner of a car, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you get to talking, and you, you know, you're suddenly kind of friends, and hey, you want to just exchange keys? We drive each other's cars. Now, he's currently in Seattle, but he is expanding. What if you called him and said, hey, I want to start an Avance where I'm at? And his membership and club is expanding. And I thought that was great because the entire point is the clubs, you know, the members get together and just kind of exchange keys. You don't have to. It's not required. But if you want to drive that car, well, you have to be willing to offer up your car too. Totally. I thought that was a brilliant idea. Maybe it could get you through in the time being. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. I have a non-car related one I want to cover real quickly. Bad Car Disease is asking me a question. He's asking if I plan to record my own audiobook for my novel. Oh, First not a bad off, idea. I've actually thought about doing this. And then Forrest Jenkins comes in with the fantastic follow-up question. He said, wait a minute. He's going to have to do it at half speed. <laughs> because I am a little bit fast, in case you haven't noticed. And people have listened to this podcast at half speed and said that I now sound drunk. But... Here's the thing. I would love to do this. I, I'm my first milestone is let's get it out to all of you as both a digital reader copy and a and an actual book you can order and see the book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Once that happens, I'd love to find the time to do the audiobook. I've got to have conversations and figure out, you know, like for Audible, what do they require and that kind of stuff. Can I do it myself or do yeah. no, go another route? It would be interesting to do. We'll see. Guys, thank you for your questions. There's more here than we can get to, but we'll call it for now. Thank you. We're going to continue to work on these questions and get to them, as I said. But, uh, yeah, keep sending your questions, your comments, Topic Tuesdays, your debates, car conclusions, all of that stuff. We're ready to share Season 7 with you. We cannot wait. And there's more Fast Blast coming because we're doubled up on press cars. Cheers, everyone.